Hello everyone, this is Levi Gelb from the Chassidish Parsha, and you're listening to the new podcast, Chassidis, which is an explanation in English of Sefer HaMaymarim Tafrish Samaches from the Rebbe Rashab, each episode containing an explanation of one page from that Sefer with the goal to finish the entire Sefer. And at the beginning of every episode, we'll also have a synopsis of the previous episode. You'll also notice in the description for that day's episode, there'll be a short synopsis in English, and also there'll be a link there to become a monthly supporter to make this show possible. Um, please tap the link in that description or visit anchor.fm slash to become a monthly supporter. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you enjoy. On the top of page, Peiches 88, two lines from the top, we're just speaking about the difference between the revelation of the name Havaya to the forefathers of Rami and Yaakov before Matan Torah, even though they did pull that level down and prepare the world for that, the true revelation of that name Havaya, the Shema Etzim, the name which refers to Hashem's essence. And nevertheless, they didn't experience a true revelation of it. And that's why it says, Shmi Havaya Leni Daiti Lahem, I wasn't known to them with my name Havaya, which Nei implies Das, which is a hakara panimis like we said, a deep recognition and identification with that level. You feel like you actually feel like you're actually seeing and experiencing it. And after the giving of the Torah, that's when there was a true revelation of that name Havaya to every single person. And that's why it says, Havaya I am Havaya, your God, to every single Jewish person, your God. Whereas before the giving of the Torah, it was only uh, was only the name of it says Alekei Avram, and uh, and it says uh, This is my name forever, meaning in the time of concealment, in the time of exile, that my name is always going to be. You're always going to be able to relate to me with my limited level. After Matan Torah, there's the revelation of Avayat. And this is we can say that this is. The reason why those who their name precedes them, we brought a medrash earlier on the previous page, that there, um, there were certain tzaddikim. Just go back to that. It said, it said on the page Pevav, Amrazal al pasuk lanami muda leisha ushmai boyaz. It says, the, the wicked ones, they come before their name. Like it says, But the, the righteous ones, their name comes first. Like it says, the, the name comes first. So, the wicked ones, it says his name, and then the word shame, name. And by the righteous ones, it says, and his name was Kish. So it mentions the, the word in name first, and then their specific name. And why? Similar to their creator, like it says, my name is Havaya. It mentions the idea of name first, and then Havaya. So this is why, by the, um, the righteous ones, that their, the, the name came before their specific name, there were only the righteous ones that were after the giving of the Teda. Because they said that that's similar to their creator, Shmi Havaya, relating to the name Havaya, because because the revelation of the name Havaya in an internal, deep way, where you experience it in a way of Das, Hakara Panimis, that's only after, that's only through Matan Torah. So therefore, the Tzadikim 
that could experience that, that Shmi Avaya, my name Avaya, can only be after Balantir. And the, the forefathers, that which they experienced in an internal way, is only the name of Shakai and Alikim, which is the uh, limited, contracted level of, uh, level of divinity. And they also experienced the, the shining of the shining of the name the name Havaya, but how it shines through the concealment of Alikim. So not a true revelation of that name of Ayat. Tehine Yidua Klal. It's known the general rule. That a creation, in and of the creation, how he is in his in his self, meaning limited. The creation, how he is in his limited nature, and by, with his own powers, can never reach higher than his than his spiritual source and root. is um, the proof for this idea that a creation, a limited creation, can never ascend higher than its his own source. Mimayin ein etam is from the spring called ein etam, which is barmakamachem, as explained in another place. And the idea of this spring is it says in the Gemara in Yuma, daflamid aleph amid aleph. It's speaking about the um, uh, the kohen gadol and Yom Kippur and all the different the different sanctifications and immersions that he would have to go through on the day of Yom Kippur. So the it says in the Gemara there that Tanur Abanan, the rabbis taught in Abraisa that Chomish Tevilis Lasara Kedushin Tevil Kain Gadol Mekadosh Boy Boyayim. The Kain Gadol has to do five immersions in the mikveh and ten sanctifications on the day of Yom Kippur. V'Kulim Mekadosh Beis Parva, and all of these immersions are in the holy in the in the Parva chamber. Which is located inside the southern courtyard wall, and therefore had the sanctity of the courtyard. Except the first immersion, which in the mikveh, which was in this unsanctified area, atop the water gate, which uh, which was located in the southern side of the courtyard. And even though the area beneath the gate was sanctified with the holiness of the courtyard, unlike the area under the the Nikonar gate, uh, the chamber on top. That had this mikveh of the parve was was not sanctified because the roofs of the courtyard did not possess the sanctity of the courtyard, and even though the the mikveh in which the kohen gadol immersed during the rest of the day was located on top on the roof of the parve chamber, like our mishnah says, that area was sanctified. Um, so the first time he, he immersed in the mikveh was in an unsanctified area on, on top of the water gate. And it was located on the side of the Kayan Gadol's chamber. The Gemara now has a proof for this from the Braise. Amar Abayish Mamina derived from this that Ain Eitam Gavayam Bikarka Azara Esim Mishalish Amish. That the Ain Eitam spring is 23 Amish higher than the floor of the courtyard. And then we go on and prove this idea. Um, so here, Ain Eitam is a, is a spring that, that supplied water via canals to the, to the mikveh used by the Kayan Gadol on Yom Kippur. It's probably the spring, this is what Rashi comments on this, it's probably the spring of May Niftoyach that was mentioned in Yeshua. The spring, this spring marks the highest point in Eretz Israel, and from it, the border between the tribal portions of Yehud and Binyamin descends to the east and west. And the Gevarian Zvachim says that after, that after David and Melech, King David, 
and the prophet Shmuel derived from the scripture that the holy temple must be built at the highest spot in Eretz Yisrael, they decided not to build it at the very highest point, which is the highest point, which is Ein Etam, but slightly lower in Jerusalem. And Abaye now proves from the Brisa that Ein Etam was actually located slightly more than 23 Ames above the level of the courtyard floor. This calculation is based on the fact that the water gate was 20 Ames high, and the mikveh on top of that water gate was an additional 3 Ames high, so 23 in total, as Abaye will presently demonstrate. So, since water cannot flow uphill to a place that is higher than its source, Ein Eita must have been slightly more than 23 Ames above the level of the courtyard floor. And that's what, uh, that's what Rashi says here. He says... And so this is like the measurement of the actual height of the the water gate, which is twenty ames high, and then three three more ames to of the to of the mikveh of this vessel of the mikveh was which was to hold the forty sov of water of the mikveh. It's impossible for water to ascend to a mountain which is higher from the place which it flows from. So here we see a proof of this idea that a creation can never ascend higher than its own source from this idea of the spring of Ein Etam, that it can never ascend the wa- its water, it could never go higher from the, from the source of its water, from, the, from where it came from. So therefore it must have been 23 Ames high, a little bit more than 23 Ames high, in order that it should be able to flow into that mikveh on the top of the, of the Shar Hamayim. And therefore, based on this rule that the limited creation can only reach its source and nothing, no higher, it cannot, in and of its own, with its own powers, it can only get to its source and nowhere higher. Based on that, that's why the forefathers, reached the name Alekim, the level of godliness which relates to creation, the limited, limited, contracted level of godliness. And also they even reached the the ray, the glimmer, of the radiance from the name Havaya, which is even higher than Elikim, which relates to the level of godliness which transcends creation. But that level is still the source for creation because we're talking about only the limited, the radiance, the 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 upshine from the shame Havaya, which means the the, the more contracted radiance um, glimmer from that name Havaya, how it's not not how it is in its essence and its essential state, but how it's already uh, shining downwards to creation. Even though this is a level which transcends creation, but now it's already shining downwards, so to say, and and so to say, pointing towards creation. That that level of Havaya is also the source for creation. Hagam shuhu even though that this level of Havaya, how it relates to creation, is in a totally different way than how Elikim relates to creation. Elikim is a level of godliness which is contracted, which is limited, which comes into creation in an internal way. It's mislabish and enclosed into creation. And it's like the Kayach HaPel Benifel, the power of the Creator, how it encloses into the creation and how it's invested within creation and fits itself according to the limited capacity of all the worlds. But the level of Havaya, which is the level of godliness which transcends creation, the unlimited level, uh, this is, it relates to creation in a way of Hutsiva v'nivro, like it says about, actually about Shem Havaya. It says, Ki Hutsiva v'nivro, for he has, was, he commanded, and it was created, the world was created, 
the world it doesn't say he commanded and he created bara about the word bara it says bereishis bara likim uses the word likim that Hashem created which implies more he was invested within creation whereas and he had to work for it had to put his whole power within creation whereas in vinivro is more of an automatic derech about Hashem Avaya, which surely transcends creation, the creation was just like an automatic thing. And it didn't have to put, it wasn't in a way where he had to invest himself and totally work in creation. It was more of a just an automatic, in the sense, not an automatic where it happened automatically, but in the sense where when you do something automatically, it's you're without thinking, and meaning you don't have to invest your mind and you don't have to invest your power into it. So too, Compared to this level of Havaya, which surely transcends creation, creation was as if it was nothing compared to Hashem Himself. But even the level of Havaya has a relationship with creation, but in a totally different way. And that's why the forefathers were able to reach that level of Ha'ara, the shine, the glimmer from the level of Havaya, because even that level relates to creation, therefore the limited creations can reach that level. And even um, similarly, they reached through their divine service. They reached also the level of uh, the level of Vaya itself, not just the ha'ara of the shame of Vaya, that they glimmer from that level. They even reached the level of Vaya itself. And especially through their service of sanctifying Hashem's name and giving up their whole lives and their whole beings to do Hashem's work in this world. They were able to draw down the, the level of Vaya itself. That shined in a revealed way on their souls. So this is seemingly a contradiction we said before that the limited creations can only reach to their spiritual source, whereas the Shemavaya itself, and not the glimmer, the ray from the Shemavaya, that seems to totally transcend creation. But the difference is that they didn't, even though they drew down that level of Havaya, like we said earlier, but they didn't draw it down in a, in a truly revealed way. The difference is the Gili, the Shemavaya Atmai Begili, they were, they were able to draw down the name of Vaya itself, how it totally transcends, how it's totally above everything, above creation, uh, in a revealed way on their souls, but not Begili Mamish, not in a truly revealed way. In order that there should be a true revelation of the name of Vaya, that only came about through the giving of the Torah, which within the Torah mitzvahs, Hashem invested His true essence, and, and therefore the soul can now experience a true revelation of Shem Havaya, how it totally transcends creation, in it, but in a truly revealed way. Even though that through the giving of the Torah there was drawn down a true revelation of Shem Havaya. In order to reach that revelation, though, we had to first have the preface of the Exodus from Egypt. Like it says, and implied in the verse, that Hashem placed miracles and wonders against far, against Pare, which refers to the ten plagues, and then you have made for yourself a name until this very day, which is a hint to the idea of the Shem Avaya. Which What does this mean? The meaning that through the breaking, the breaking of the klipa, of the shell, of the concealment, of the klipa, of the tuma of Pare, of the, un, of the unpurity of Pare, which came about through the Hashem of the wonders and the miracles of the ten plagues, which broke the klipa of Egypt. Through that, only through that could be brought about the Tasla Hashem, the revelation of the Hashem Havaya, through the giving of the Torah. So now we're going to go on to explain that concept more in depth. To explain this more, the Hine Hashem Havaya and in general, Shem Havaya, the name Havaya, is also called by the word Kavit, 
which is glory. We're going to explain what this means more. It can either imply glory or heaviness. But here, so Shem is hinted to by the name Kavid. As it says in the verses, it's applied in these verses to fear, to fear the name, the glorified and the awesome name. So we see that the name is referring to Hashem Avaya, and it says Hashem Hanichbod, the glorified name. It also says, Amesha was standing on the cleft of the rock and asking for the revelation of 13 attributes of mercy. He said, Harenius Kvedecha, show me your glory, which also refers to the Hashem Avaya, to Hashem. Shema Etzem to the essential name of Hashem. And also it says in other verses clearly, Kvayt the glory of Havaya, relating Kavit directly to Havaya. So Havaya is called Kavit. It says in the verse um, when after the, the sin of the spies, um, the sin of the spies when they went there to Israel and they were afraid to go in, even though Hashem said they'll conquer it, then Hashem said, however, nevertheless, Chayani, as long as I am alive, which is Lashon uh, Shavua, Hashem is saying, as long as I am alive, and my glory fills the whole earth, you will not, the, the, these people who have, who have incited me with the sin of the spies are not going to be able to see, um, to see the, the, the land of, of Israel. They're going to die in the desert. So what does this verse mean in a deeper way? It's brought about this verse in Shari Eira. The bichdei not from the not from the midler rabbi from the Yosef Gigtalia, which is a book of Kabbalah. The bichdei sheyeh mili hashef v'vichenas malchus in order that there should be the filling of the godly flow of energy into the level of malchus, the lowest of the ten sefirot zelaidei chai oni. That only comes about. That can only come about through what it says in the in this verse chai oni. Uh, as I live, uh, as I live, but so Chayani v'Molik Kfoid Hashem. So we see it's uh, using the Kfoid Havaya, which he said Havaya is called Kavid. As Kol Ha'Oretz, the whole Earth, Earth always refers to Malchus, just like Earth is the lowest of all the elements, and so too the Malchus is the lowest of all the spheres. In order that the Kfoid Havaya, that the uh, flow of divine energy should be able to fill up the whole Earth. Fill up Malchus that only comes about through Ulam Chai Oni. Chai Oni. What does that mean? Uh, what does it mean, first of all, the filling up of the godly divine energy into Malchus? Is similar to what it says in the verse like a mighty warrior eager to run his course. And we're speaking about the sun, how the sun uh, goes on its course, just like a mighty warrior who is so sure of himself because of his strength. So he goes on his course, he goes and runs his course in an eager way. So to the sun, it goes on its path. But that's a simple explanation. So what does it mean, the filling up of the divine energy into Malchus? is similar to what it says, Yossi's kegiber lorotzeirach. Like the mighty warrior is happy and is eager to run its course, which implies that the godly divine energy should shine, uh, should, should shine and be revealed into the whole the totality of the level of Malchus, which, what does that mean? Gamma Sphira Sacharein is the Malchus. As we know that every Sphira has within it a ten Sphiris, and it is in, as in, in, all the Sphiris are included within each other because of the uh, unity within the world of Vatsilis, all the Sphiris are able to coexist there. So when we say that the, that the Malchus should be filled with the godly energy, it implies that it should be like this warrior which was able to run its whole path, not just 
the specific sphere of Malchus, but the whole path, the whole totality of Malchus, even the lower, even the lowest spheres within Malchus should be filled up with this divine energy. As is explained about this concept in the Siddur, the Siddur with the explanations of Chassidus, the second, the second um, part, and it says in the note in the bottom, the Rebbe says we have to understand what this explanation of this word is over here, the Bishabis Brochis, what it means exactly. So but the the source of this flow of divine energy that's able to fill up the whole totality of Malchus, is is in the level of Kvoit Havaya. Like we said, Havaya the Shema Etzim Havaya is referred to by the COVID. Uh, glory, which is the, uh, which is ani which is the shema etzim. So the source of this, the, this divine flow of energy, which is able to fill up the totality of malchus, is coming from the highest level of godliness, avaya, which transcends all of creation. and how can this happen? Comes about through al yedei chai oni, through chai oni, as as long as I live, as I live. Bchinas but chai in 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 Kabbalah always refers to the level the sphere of yisoid, which is the sphere which implies bonding and the connection of the mashpia to the makabel, the giver to the receiver, and yisoid is able to in Kabbalah explains is draws down all the way from keser, which is the level which is the totally transcending all of creation, but just like the the keser the crown which is above the head, so to so to keser is above even chokhmah vatzilus. So the only way that this flow of divine energy from the level of Aniya Vaya, the Shema Etzim, uh, the essence of Hashem, can only come about through Yisoid, through Chai Oni, which Yisoid pulls down all the way from Kesser, which totally transcends creation. As this is implied in the verse, This verse also implies the same idea, Hashem's divinity filling up the whole of the earth, which refers to Malchus, and how is this possible through Kaddish Havayah? Um, only from the level of the infinite energy of Hashem, which is totally Kaddish, is totally holy, meaning removed from creation. That's how it's drawn down to fulfill to fulfill what it says. The whole earth, the whole Malchus, is, fulfill, is filled with their glory. The totality of Malchus can only come about through drawing down from the essence of Hashem, which is the idea of Keser, which is the idea of the the essential um, separateness of Hashem, that specifically is able to fill up the whole Malchus. Similar to what explains in other places that only from the highest levels, the highest levels are able to descend and to the lowest levels. The highest levels, which have no limits, which are totally transcend all limitation, are able to even come down and be revealed in the lowest levels of creation. Whereas uh, lower levels of godliness are limited within their specific framework, and they can't descend to the low to, to the lowest levels. They are limited in their specific levels. Whereas Hashem, in His very essence, is totally transcends all limitations. He's not limited, so to say, to be just in His unlimited level. He can come down. He's so unbounded that He can even come down to the to fill the lowest levels of Alchus. So that is the explanation of. Shavaya is covered, and how does this? How does the Havaya, the flow of divine energy from the Aniyavaya, from Hashem, able to fill up the totality of Malchus through Ulam Chai Oni through the drawing down from basically Kesser, which totally transcends creation. It's brought in the Medrash on the verse, "I will, I will gain glory 
through Pari, through Pari and his whole ar- and his whole army, Hashem will be glorified through them, through the, all the all the um, miracles that He will do against them, and specifically the through through what Hashem will do and the splitting of the sea. Me got him. The Medrash says, "Me got him." Like Hakadosh Baruch What caused Hashem to take all this praise and all this glory? Loi, like it says, I will gain glory through fire. Is it not Pare who Hashem caused to be shaken up into the into the sea, the sea of reeds through the splitting of the sea? So we see that the splitting of the sea is what caused Hashem to be glorified. What is the idea of this glory that Hashem gained through the splitting of the sea? It's brought in the Medrash over there also on the verse Az Yashir. The verse which is the beginning of the Song of the Sea it says, Hado to explain this verse that the Jewish people sang at the sea, Hado your throne was established from aforetime. What is the difference in the, in the honor which, which is between the king and an Augustus, which is even higher than the level of a king? A king stands and Augustus, the Augustus Yeshiv, and an Augustus is able to sit. So we see the difference between a king and an Augustus is that a king still has to stand before the people, giving some type of an honor to the people, whereas an Augustus doesn't even have to have that, show that honor to the people, he's able to sit. And the, this Medrash, it says that, uh, the quote of the Medrash is, this is what it means when it says, your, your throne was established from aforetime. Even though that you have always existed, your throne was not established. And you will not, you were not made known in your world until your children said the song of the sea. Therefore, it says, "Your throne was established from aforetime. Was was from that moment, may us from that moment of the song of the sea. That's when your throne, your glory, your kingship was established. Really, Moshe analogy of a king, who made it war and won. And then they promoted him, the king, to be an Augustus." Which is a position even higher than the king. And the nation said to the king, "Until you did before, until you did this war, and you and you were victorious, you were only a king. But now that you've won the war, we've made you into an Augustus. What difference in there is there an honor between the Melech, the king, and the Augustus? This king still has to stand." Uh, on the platform, and the Augustus can sit now. And so to this, Jewish people said, The truth is, even before you created the world, you were always existed, and you were always glorified. And now that you've created the world, you are, you are truly you. are truly you. But you're still in a state of standing, so to say. Not You have not totally been established and settled. Uh, on your throne of glory, on your throne of kingship. Even though you've created the world, you're still in a state of standing, so to say, not totally settled in your kingship. Hashem stood and He measured the earth. But now, once you've stood at the sea and you've won the war against the Egyptians, and, and then we said a song to you with the word, with the word, 
then then your kingship has totally been established and settled and your throne is being totally established and this is what it means your throne your kingship has now been totally established may us from then which also implies from the time we sing with the word so we see this verse what, what is the idea of the idea of the glory that Hashem which was established, which was brought about through the, the splitting of the sea, is 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 depicted in this madrash of Oz Yashir, that Oz, your your kingship was only established in a real way from the time we said we sang Oz, Oz Yashir, Oz Yashir. And the difference between the what that's when we sort of say made the king from Hashem into just not a, just a king, but into an Augustus. And the difference between a king and an Augustus is the king still has to stand, whereas a Augustus now sits and his his kingship is really established and settled. And explain another place that Augustus Yeshiv, what is this implication in a deeper way of Augustus Yeshiv that Augustus now can sit? The revelation of the level of Malchus of Ein Saif because the, the Yeshiv sitting is the idea of revelation. A person brings his whole body down Hashem, so to say, is sitting, he's bringing his whole being down to creation. Revelation of the Malchus of Ein Saif, Augustus, is this level, relates to this level of the Malchus of Ein Saif, the lowest level, however, within the infinite essence of Hashem, which is which this level of Malchus of Ein Saif is the Kvaydavaya, the Shema Etzim. And this, when the Augustus is sitting on his throne, it's the revelation, the sitting, the revelation of Malchus of Ein Saif, of Kvaydavaya, into his throne, into his kingship, into Malchus of Atzilus. And this glory, which basically implies this drawing down of the Malchus of Saif, the Kfei Davaya, into the totality of Malchus of Atzilus, this is Nasa Shanir as part of Only came about through the splitting of the sea where Hashem uh, caused Pharaoh and his whole army to become shaken, shook, shaken up in the, in, the depths, in the depths of the sea. So this is the idea of the... The kavod, the, the glory which is brought about through the splitting of the sea, the the drawing down of the malchus vein seif into the totality of malchus through causing Pharaoh to become shaken up, shaken up in the sea. So therefore, we see that, like we said earlier in this page, that even though that through Matanteda, that's how it's drawn down the revelation of Shemavaya. Had to be first, a, there had to be first the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, the exodus from Egypt, in order to bring about that revelation of Shemavaya into the world. And it, like it says in the verse, that he, Hashem placed miracles on Shame, And through that, he brought about his name, which is here referring to the revelation of the, na- the name of Hashem. That through the breaking of the clip of Pare, through that, Nimshach Yuliya Shem is re- drawn down the revelation of Shem. And we said that um, the Kavid. Is related to shame havaya, and and this is what we said right now that in order to draw down basically the shame havaya into this world, it has to draw down, it has to reach all the way up to Kesser, and because specifically the highest level have the ability to descend to the lowest level, and this is what we said. I was I'll gain glory. Hashem saying I'll gain glory through Pharaoh and through all his through all his army. Glory is this idea of covet is the revelation of Avaya to down here in the lowest lowest realms. So through breaking the the klipa of Pare, like we just explained, where he, where he where he um caused them to be 
cause them to be um, drowned in the sea, in the in the dead in the Red Sea. Through that breaking that klipa, that's how he brought about the revelation of of kveita vaya, of the the shame of of the shema etzem, the shem's divine essence, into the totality of malchus only through breaking the klipa of par. Now to explain this even more. In the word kavid, there is two explanations what it means. Kavid. One is actually from the word, from the meaning of, means kvedus, heaviness. Like the, like uh, Pari said that the, or the avayda should, the work should become heavy on the Jewish people. Kavid lev Pari, or Pharaoh's heart became heavy and didn't listen to what the Moshe told him to let the people out. His heart was stubborn. Habez, in the second explanation, what does Kavid mean? Lashon Kavid v'yokar, glory and beauty. V'hatargum misargum kvedus gam king lashon yikar. Kavid lev, and even the Aramaic Targum Unklis translates the word when it says kvedus. He translates the word um, glory. He translates it as also heaviness. He says. Um, it says when it, when Pharaoh's heart became heavy and stubborn, not listening to Moshe's demands to send the people out. It says he translates it as Yakir Libay. Yakir is from the word Yakir of of glory and beauty, but here it actually translates as the real translation is heavy. His heart became heavy. So here we see that the Aramaic translation com- combines both together. That in the actual word for heaviness. In Aramaic is the word yakar is in Hebrew, which in Hebrew means glory, beauty. And when it says that Moshe's hands became heavy, uh, when he was holding up his hands to the when the Jewish people were fighting against the Molek, it says um, trans, the Aramaic translation is yakirin. They became yakirin, which means heavy in Aramaic, but Hebrew yakar and, and uses the word yakar, which is which is glory. On the on the verse when it says, "Become heavy and sit in your house," Peter uh, Shashi Rashi explains we made cotton and the Gemara made cotton loshin kfedus or loshin kavid chshivus. Rashi says that this word hachbed over here could actually mean um, it could actually imply from the the wording of of kfedus of heaviness, or it could also mean glory and importance and chshivus. So both both interpretations of the word kavid in this one word. So. Um, and how does this? How can you? How can we apply both these interpretations to this verse? Like it says, be, become heavy or become important or glorified and return and sit in your house, because like a person that sits in his house, who it is when a person sitting in his house, he's staying in his house, is because he's so to say being heavy from being moved from place to place, from going from place to place. So he's sort of say being heavy, staying in one place. And it's also, staying in his house is also a glory and an importance. It indicates glory and importance. Like the verse says, all the glory of the king's daughter is when she stays inside, when she's not going out and being seen by everybody, but the fact that she stays inside in a modest way. So we see the idea of staying inside the house is kfuda uh, bas It's a glory. It's a glorify. It's important. Shows upon a certain beauty. Uh, and this is also what it means when it says by by Shabbos, the You shall glorify it. You shall respect it. You shall honor it. 
Shuhu Lashon Kavit, which is a wording of glory, of honor, it also could apply heaviness, that a person should be heavy in the sense that he should, he should be heavy, he should stop himself from doing just the regular workday, weekday work things, mundane things. Uh, like this verse said before, that you should be heavy and stay in your house. You should, be, you should glor- bring honor to Shabbos. How do you bring honor to Shabbos? By being heavy, meaning by being heavy in the sense of, of staying in your house, or in the sense of not doing your regular mundane things. So, Two interpretations, two interpretations of the word covid glory, honor, beauty, or heaviness. And now we're going to get back to what we were saying before, that the glory of Hashem being revealed into this world, revelation of the shame Hashem into this world, through breaking the clip of Pari, which has only brought about the totality of that revelation at the beginning of the Torah. Uh, now we're going to keep going further, that there is actually two aspects of covid one in the holy realm and one in the unholy. Just like there is holiness, in, in the, just like there is honor. Glory, covet in the holy realm. Like it says in the verse, the glory of Hashem, the glory, the honor of the sages, the Torah sages. So too, there is the same concept, but how it exists in the umaseh, in the other side, in the unholy side, which is expressed in the word covet, which is also, which is heaviness. So covet and covet, same letters, and the same concept, like we just said, that heaviness and glory are in the same word. Covid could also mean heaviness. Could also mean glory. And in the unholy side, the concept of the of of this idea of covid is covid is heaviness. Uh, like we see, and also, um, so there's glory in the holy side, and glory also in glory and heaviness in the in the holy side. Like we said, when honoring Shabbos is being heavy, meaning not doing your mundane, and glory and heaviness in the unholy side. Which is go- which is right now? It expresses in this um, saying from Pirkei Avos that taiva, the lust, and covet, and the and the running person running after being being um, honored by people, they take a person out of this world. They remove a person from the regular world. He just becomes. He's always running after being glorified, by being honored by people, running after people, people's appreciation. And that is an unholy side of, of holy uh, unholy side of um, glory. The covet the kedusha who lashin yikar. And the glory, when it's on the side of, of holiness, it is in the. It's expressed by the, the idea of beauty. Lashon Yikar, like we said before, shebigamatria yesh, which the word Yikar, glory, beauty, is the same numerical equivalent in Hebrew. When you add up all the letters together, it's the same numerical equivalent as the word yesh, um, three hundred and ten. yesh, which this idea of yesh is expressed in this verse. Lahanchel yesh. For my loved ones, I have a lot to bequeath to them. Which is talking about the reward in the next world. Hashem is saying, I have a lot to give to those who, who love me during this world. I have a lot, have a lot of reward to give to them. The Hainu Chines Atmus which is referring to the essence of the infinite energy of Hashem. Chines Ani Havaya which is the level of Ani Havaya. I am Havaya, the Shema Etzem, the name of Hashem, which shows upon His essence. So, Kavid in the holy realms is the glory which glory is, glory is the same equivalent as, as yesh, yesh, which can mean also, yesh can mean existence, but the true existence, yesh, not in the sense of yesh, like other times this explains yesh as, the, as a bad thing, yesh is in the sense of a person's feeling of self-importance, and his feeling of, he's full, uh, you know, his feeling of his own feeling of self, which is the source of all evil, but lahanchil yesh could also be, in, like in this verse, I have a lot of, 
of reward to give to my loved ones, which yesh over here can mean the true existence, which the only true existence is Hashem in His essence, and which is that refers to the same level of aniyavaya of the I am Hashem, Hashem in His essence, and that's the kvoidavaya, the glory of Hashem. So that is the holy inter, uh, expression of kavod. Um, but in the unholy side, yikar, which is this idea of glory, beauty is is not a good thing. It's gases It's the haughtiness um, that a person is self glorified, is all into himself, and just being haughty and, and over totally overthinking how you know overdoing his self importance. Like Haman said. Who could the king want to do such a good thing, such a glorified, glorified thing, more than me? I Meaning, he's, he's, he uses the word yakar here in the sense of glory, but in the sense of uh, I'm I'm the most important th- thing in the world. So therefore, Achishverosh uh, wants to do but only only must want to be doing good things to me. And similarly, the idea of heaviness, which is the other interpretation of kavod, um, heaviness also exists in the realm of kedusha. We've already, we've already explained. The Kavit has two explanations, either glory, honor, or heaviness. And we've explained Kavit, glory, how it exists in the holy realm, Kavit Hashem, Kavit Chachamim, the glory of Hashem, the glory, the honor for for Talmud scholars. And now we're explaining the idea of Kavit, how, it, how it's interpreted as heaviness, how that exists in the holy realm. Kedis of boy, as it says, and Medeshaba Parshas boy, al on the verse, Kavit Evan, Venetil Hachoyl. So the this verse means a stone has weight and sand is heavy, and then it, the verse continues. Evil, uh, but the fool's anger outweighs them both. And says, The Medrash says on that that the heaviness of a stone. This is referring to the Jewish people, and. So the just to quote the Medrash, it says another explanation of this verse, Kovid Evan, the heaviness of a stone. So here interpreting the um the heaviness of a stone, also in the sense of kibadity of covid of honor. I have glorified, I have honored the Jewish people in this world, Shinikru Evan, because the fact that I've called them a stone. Come the same like it says in the verse, Misham Roya Evan Yisrael. From there he he shepherds the at the stone of Israel. And the heaviness of the of the of the sand, Elu Yisrael also refers to the Jewish people. Shnim Shulochel, which they are compared to the sand. Shnamer v'hayim mispar Yisrael kichel ayom. The Jewish people's number, the the count of the Jewish people will be like the like the grain of sand. Shnotalti oisam ba'ilum, and I have taken them up in this world and have said v'amarti kol negevahem kigin Whoever touches the Jewish people is as if they're touching the apple of my eye. So we see that this this medrash it interprets the kovid evan the heaviness of a stone to the glory that Hashem has given the Jewish people the fact that He's called them a stone. So we see kovid evan the heaviness of a stone is also in a holy way it refers to the Jewish people. So we see that kovid and kovid both exist the heaviness and glory both exist in the unholy realm and also in the holy realm. We'll stop right there on the top of page. Pay test two lines from the top at the end of the line. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the new podcast, Chassidus. This is Levi Gelb. And if anyone has any questions or any thoughts or feedback, please feel free to email me at rabbigelb at gmail.com. Also, please check out my website, chassidusonline.org, 
and sign up for our weekly email to receive a Maimur Mavur explanation on a Maimur from Torah Lukute Torah almost every week. And there you'll also find a, an archive for all our other, our older Maimarim that we've already explained on the weekly Parsha on the Yom Tovim. And also you'll notice in the description for this week's episode and for every week's episode, a little link to become a monthly supporter, a partner in this, uh, for this podcast. Please consider doing that. It will help greatly to allow the episodes to continue and to make them better. And... You can also dedicate an episode in honor of memory of something or of a simcha. And to do that, please email, email me at rabbigelbet.gmail. And we can mention that at the beginning and at the end of, every, of that episode. Thank you very much.